This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Send me Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Hey, Mike Janung here, and welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio. Glad to have you along, as always. And I just want to thank you guys for tuning in, those who have been following us, I mean, a show like this where we talk hardcore about the hard issues with life, of pornography and masturbation and spiritual warfare and suicide and all the things that people are struggling with, um, it's a little bit out of the box, and we've gotten good feedback from you. I just want to thank you for being a part of what we do and for your prayers. And so I want to begin with reading a quote from John Piper. And I think many of you will know John Piper. When it comes to theology and doctrine, he's in the A-game. He's up there in the major leagues. And so I'm going to read this quote where he says, Look around in your life, in your church. How many Christians do you see bent with all their powers to know God more and more, more truly, more clearly, more sweetly? Or rather, do you see thousands fighting graduate school sins with a grammar school knowledge of God? Some of you might say, wait, there are as many PhDs in theology who commit adultery as less educated people, to which I would say, probably more. Why is it that people with PhDs in theology commit adultery? And then he says, they don't know God. You can read theology 10 hours a day for 40 years and not know God is beautiful and all-satisfying, is the highest treasure of your life. Who cares about knowing God the way the devil knows him? The devil hates everyone. His knowledge of God helps him to hate people. And this is a really stunning and statement that Piper gives us, but what he's showing us is that head knowledge is not enough, not by a long shot. And this is a guy who prizes Again, theology and doctrine, and and I can relate because I was a head Christian. I've shared my story, how I had a, from my teen years, well into my 30s, I struggled with porn and sex addiction. Everything I did came up empty and sport groups and read my Bible every day and prayed and focused on being a good Christian, and that just all left me empty and It wasn't until the Lord filled my heart in a radical, powerful way with his love in 1999 that I finally had that fruit of the Spirit that I always yearned for, that love, peace, joy, and and life has never been the same. And I'd always yearn for something like that, but I never knew how to get it. (laughs) And a lot of the answers I was getting wasn't getting me very far, and Piper actually gives a good clue when he says, How many Christians do you see bent with all their powers to know God 
not know Bible, not know the Bible, even though we need to, not be a good churchgoer, even though going to church is commanded, but God, I want to know you. I want to be filled with you. With all my being, God, I want you. I love you with all my heart, my soul, my strength. That's the fulfillment of the great commandment, to love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And the heart comes first. Proverbs 4.23 says, Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. And so today, we've invited Pastor Jim Tilly back to the show, and and um, we're going to discuss these issues of the head and the heart. So, Jim, my friend, welcome back to the show. Well, thank you so much, Mike. Great to be here. So take us back to the years when you were in seminary, Jim, and going through education. Where were you, and where was your heart? Yeah, that's a great question, Mike. Thank you. Um, well, you know, and so for me, as, as you know me, Mike, but for me, I went and not only had seminary for an MDiv, but I, I did the doctoral program in clinical psychology at Fuller, um, which was uh, attempting to be a Christian-based, um, well, in a way it was, uh, you know, in, in many ways, Christian-based program in clinical psychology, which I got I did get a Ph.D. How ironic, Mike, you'd pick that quote today for Piper. You're a clever guy. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was a Ph.D. I am a Ph.D. And uh, where was my heart? I can tell you where my heart was. My heart was in sections. And what I mean by that is actually har- harrowingly simple. You know, centuries ago, not centuries ago, I just talked that way. Many years ago, Bob Munger did that classic sermon, My Heart, Christ's Home about where he invites Jesus into his life. It's a wonderful sermon. Um, and Jesus comes into the living room and then starts working in the different rooms of um, Bob's life and finally gets to a hidden closet where Bob's sins are, and Bob's really scared to open that up. Well, I enjoyed, I accepted Christ as my Savior in 69 at a, at a uh, at a uh, Billy Graham rally, and that was a splendid experience of really wanted by God, really loved by God. And I would say I began to know him there, but only partially, Mike. And that was my problem. I let him into the living room of my heart. Um, And then I did have a pornography problem coming from, you know, adolescence into young adulthood, and and finally opened the door of the closet uh, where this porn was, and I had this vision, vivid image of Jesus already in there, cleaning it up. And he's like, Jim, I'm just glad you finally surrendered this to me. And that was very cleansing. But Mike, here was my problem. My heart was still not completely, completely, and that's the issue here, completely surrendered to Jesus in an abiding way. Because, you know, with what happened was, I got rid of the more obvious stuff of my sexual sin, but the idolatry of women, the worship of women and their approval and, you know, things about their relationship, um, I was still idolatrizing women, not doing explicitly sexual things, but, you know, counseling them in a way where I was uh, crossing boundaries, sometimes holding them when they're crying, and, you know, it, 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 went, it went south. Well, here's the problem. It's not just that our hearts are a couple of different rooms, and then we get to the final room, and then we're 
snap the fingers, done. Because Jesus says, abide in me, and apart from me, you will bear no fruit. And so what I've really discovered, Mike, is that my heart, it's complex and multi-layered. And my sin is that I want to hide my own little idols, you know, away. And I discovered, um, Lord, I, I was not... I was not crucifying my idols. I was just trying to shrink them, trying to give you more and more compartments, but not abide in the whole thing. And so basically what I'm at now, Mike, that's been insanely freeing is, Lord, I'm going to give you not only the, yeah, the grammar school sins, but I'm going to give you all, all, all. And as I look at my life and the terrain of where we are, Mike, and I think, you know, you write so eloquently and awesomely and gutfully in The Rogue Christian and The Way of the Rogue Christian about our fears. But, you know, for me, it's kind of like, you know, we're out there on the battlefield with Israel, and we're facing Philistine and Goliath, and we're all backing up going, you know, we've maybe conquered a piece of pornography, we've conquered this other sin, but the Goliath of true sexual idolatry, we get scared, we turn tail, and we run and hide. And what is needed is men and women in Christ to be like what I really have found in Blazing Grace, and that is to stand up and say, come what may, we will give our lives to saying that Jesus Christ can take down this Goliath. Now, we just need to stand and have him do it. And, you know, that, that passage, I encourage you and your readers, get into David and Goliath, that passage, because everyone else is, you know, wet in their loincloth. But David, a young shepherd boy at that time, not an experienced warrior, is saying, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will fight him. And so having heart, you know, we don't have our whole heart for battle until we give our raw, terrified heart, raw and complete to Jesus, no matter what. And Mike, I think the evil one has worked on me in those pieces was very simple. I would get scared and deflect, and then compartmentalize, and go back to more idolatry. And that's just going to go in circles. And if any of your hearers are hearing this, and you're hanging on to the fingernails of some, you know, re-rationalized, justified little micro-idol, Brother, sister, it's still going to kill you. What is what is letting go of that compared to coming all out to Jesus Christ and saying, Lord, I am going to trust that you will love this broken, addicted, needy, scared, lying person. And he will. He will. That's where the power comes, is from total surrender. Mm-hmm. Jim, you so had talked— to my story. Yeah. You had talked about yeah. worshiping women— and at its mm-hmm. core, is there a lie behind that saying that women are the source of my life, their bodies are the source of my life? Absolutely. Absolutely. And even their spirits. But I mean, yeah, but, but you know, it's the, it's the sweet femininity and all this. Yes, that this is going to rescue me, in my case, from some very broken mother attachments. You know, I, my life was turned around earlier this spring when John Eldridge, who's one of my heroes, said, you know, guys, I've been working on my issues, including sexuality, for decades. 
dealing with my dad. But I didn't realize I had broken attachment to my mother. And this was just a spring for John Eldridge. And he said, that's opened up a new, whole new ballgame. Um, so, yeah, I was looking for um, uh, maternal soothing and it becomes sexualized because the, the yearning for female nurture and then sexual validation got real blended, you know. But, yeah, absolutely, Mike. I was looking for them to be my soothing, my comfort, my peace, my, my security when I was challenged. Um, you know, it's much harder to trust Jesus than anything else. And there's a simple reason for that. And you know it well, Mike, it's spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not opposed in going to porn or worshiping women or if guys go to strip clubs or whatever. That's not opposed, you know, by the Spirit of God it is. But I mean, you know, but worship, you know, but worshiping Jesus, man, if it feels like it's crawling over hot rocks and shards of glass sometimes, gang, that's because it is. And that's the work of the evil one. But, you know... When we get deeper into him and realize that only he can take good care of that heart, yes, absolutely. That's that's the goal, you know? Well, you mentioned Eldridge, and he talks yeah. about breaking agreements with the enemy. And yes. when we work with yes. people, I always see that usually there's a package of maybe eight to ten core mm-hmm. lies at the root of the person's heart, and some of those can be um, women or men or family are the source of my life, or it can be por- right. porn is right. my comfort, or right. I I cannot be loved as I am. So for you, what kind of agreements, false agreements or lies did the Lord walk you through? Yes. Yes. Good. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I think, I think the core when Mike was, I have to be and become something other than who I am in order to be loved, soothed, and and safely attached. So I got to figure out what my mom and my dad want me to go and be. And that's probably the core lie. You know, I look at my life and I go, the core lie is, you know, I have to do something to get God to really, really love me. Because left to himself, he really won't. And that was the core lie that I really had to surface. And and that was not just a rational thing. You know, you talk about the head and the heart in that in that Piper quote and elsewhere. Yeah, right on. And that's that's like that's like really, really risking the lifestyle of crying out raw to Jesus. What do you really feel about me, Jesus? And sitting with the pain allowing him to discard the false lies, yes, correct them, but really then embrace me, and in his encounter, his embrace, there's where I soak, and I know more and more and more. No, it's true that he adores me just because I'm me. I mean, we've heard that cliche a million times as a cliche, but it, it's true, you know? Every, every way we bob and weave and wrangle and pretend and addict to get to be okay, it never works. Because we need the silk and the love that comes by pure, incredible grace. So those are the core ones I have to, I have to people please. I used to think of myself as a chameleon, you know, so I have to shift into that. I'm looking at a tree right now. I have to turn green so the predators won't kill me uh, on that green tree. I'll turn green. And if I'm on this blue chair over here, I'll turn blue. And that's exactly my life. Uh, you know, Mike, I'm going to figure out what other people want and be that. So they won't hurt me or they won't reject me 
and I'll please them, and then I'll be okay, and then they'll love me. And, of course, that's a core lie, too, because people can never satisfy that. And you lose your true colors, man. You lose who you are. And that's the quest. We're back to who we are in Jesus. We are the beloved. You know, Henri Henri Nouwen finally found that at the end of his life. What's the whole thing about it? It's being the beloved. No strings attached, no facades, no rackets, no games, no addictions. No hiding, you know? Um, yeah, my, my last therapist told me, Jim, you know, you, you're going to move soon, and, but you know what? You've got to really be finally accountable to the core people where um, you will admit everything's going on because your biggest problem is you hide. And that's the lie, of course. You've got to hide in order to be okay because you cannot be loved by God and a few core people unless you hide well. You well, know, and we all know in our heads that's not true. But, but yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. You had mentioned the lie. I have to be something other than I am, and so usually there's a yeah. daisy chain of lies. So then the question yeah. that I ask somebody in the in the counseling room is, okay, what's connected to that? Why do you have to be something other than you are? And usually you start digging a little deeper. Yeah. It's because I cannot be loved as I am. God right. doesn't right. love me as I am. So then we walk people yeah. through breaking those agreements, and now, and then you can yes. receive the truth. But what I yes. see as a part of the problem is we rush into God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life, but we don't take the time to get mm-hmm. to know people and their wounds and yeah. listen to yeah. them and so that they can share their hearts. And so the question right. is, is the church a safe place where you can share your heart? What have, what have you found? Well, you know, um, I have found that in our current church, I would say that that's true, you know. But in a lot of churches, it's either not or it's it's mixed. And I think that's where we are with, um, you know, the church in America is, yikes, you know. The pastors, so many of whom are on porn, and you've documented that so well, you know, they don't want to face the Goliath inside. You know, but yes, there are some churches, and I'm part of one, and that's been massively. We just started going to this place in January, and they're very reformed, very classic biblical kaboom. You know, but but yeah, they they talk very straightforwardly about sin, but their sense of God's amazing grace, you know, and to me because I've told them my broken story too, and the outpouring of grace is fantastic, mm. but. You know, but but so I, my life's been changed by that. But but Mike, I know, and you've gotten to know me. I think a lot of my my trumpet call is not only for myself, but you know, we have got to all band together in all these different ministries that are working on this and say, look, we we can shine like stars. We cannot hide behind facades or by doctoral robes and this sort of thing. We can be raw and real and and. We're just going to shine that love of Jesus. And so, yeah, I would say I've experienced that. But, you know, my bad, Mike, honestly, was when I had my fall as a pastor, you know, when I was, you know, go crossing boundaries with women in counseling and, and holding some, and, they just, you know, that was just wrong. And that was out of my brokenness and my distorted brokenness. And that, that blew up, which it should have, because that was wrong of me. But you know, if, if I had gone to my church and found the right people to say, hey, you know what, I'm going to inventory for you, you know, okay, 
I, you know, saw this woman on the street and that guy kind of lustful or whatever. And then, by the way, you know, I noticed a couple times recently when people, women were really upset, I was starting to hold them more. You know, I don't know, guys. I'm, I guess I'm thinking like, okay, I guess this is okay. And what do you think? Well, they would have set me on track right away. So, you know, the problem is we can have a pretty safe church, but people have to take the plunge, as I did not, to share the thing you're hiding. And so what makes a safe church, what makes a safe anything, Mike, in my opinion, is, you know, a relationship where you will inventory everything you're thinking, doing, feeling through the week, and you'll keep doing that. Because, man, I tell you, bro, I had an incredible experience with God's love before my fall. My problem was I was not abiding in accountability, abiding in truth, abiding in grace, and abiding in transparency. I would take dips in the transparency, and that isn't going to do it. So you didn't, have another, you didn't have another brother at that time you were meeting with on a consistent basis? I did, but I didn't tell him. Oh. Before, before my fall? No, I didn't tell him. Because I had been still rationalized and justified in my mind that, no, 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 this is okay. But, you know, I didn't get honest enough with myself. Well, Jim, why aren't you telling your wife and your brothers about this holding thing? Well, you know, that's because I was sinning by having a, a, a secondary idol. And that blew up and hurt my wife and the Lord and a lot of lives and the church. And, you know, I was like King Saul, you know. Did you sacrifice all the sheep, Saul? Oh, yes, I did. And there's this bah in the background, you know. And I, I don't mean to make light of that because that hurt a lot of people. But so I'm, I'm challenging myself and you and our listeners to say, you know, yes, you can be in accountability. But, but bros, you got to do it. You know, you got to inventory everything you're thinking, you're imagining, and you're going through. You know, if a person doesn't know you 100%, and I mean 100%, that's not accountability. And I'm preaching against my own choir here, because that was my sin. Mm. So accountability, yeah, right, right. And relationships, you're absolutely on the right track, Mike. But, you know, we got to follow through and, and be 100%ers and abide in that. Um, well, that's and the bottom line. I did a pastor's conference in California in July, and I mm. asked, mm. there may be 70 pastors and teachers there, and I asked them to raise their yeah. hand if they met with another believer once a week for accountability, support, and prayer, and maybe six or seven mm. put their hands up. So wow. to me, yeah, I, I, so you've got isolated pastors guiding isolated oh, yeah. sheep, and we're not, to me, yeah. we're, not, we're not even close to challenging people to being a church that is devoted to fellowship. Devoted to fellowship isn't just talking yes. about it. It's about right. I'm, I'm going to meet with another brother or sister right. once a week and get honest with them and pray with them. Yeah. So, yeah. Jim, we got yeah. one minute left. Anything you want to say? Well, Mike, I think I want to challenge us all to rise up and go after this. I want to be the, the brave heart that says, you know, uh, which one of us dying in our bed years from now, having forego the chance to really be a radical Christian, to be a rogue Christian, you know, having forego that and lived in unaccountability and fear, which one of us wouldn't trade that mediocre, pathetic lifestyle for this chance of turning it around? And I believe with all my heart that God can still do that. But we have to be up front, we have to be after it, and we have to keep each other white hot. And Mike, you've done that a lot for me, 
and your ministry has. And I can't encourage people enough to get a hold of, you know, the, the Road to Grace, your pornography book, and the Rogue Christian and the Way of the Rogue Christian, because, you know, the materials are there. The ministries are there, brother. we got to just own them and get out loud about them. And I think God will, God will bring another revival, but we've got to do this repentance and boldness. What are we afraid of? What, what could possibly be worse than living in mediocrity and fear? What is so scary about getting real? Will God drop us? Will he kick us out the door? No. So let's not miss our destiny and worship fear. That's, that's my heart, man. And you guys are, I'm, I'm with you, Mike. You guys are doing a great job with it. But let's keep pressing on. Well, thank you, Jim, and we're out of time, but I love what you said about keeping each other white hot. So yes, yes. Th- thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Yes, thank you, brother. Bless you. Do you want to be free? Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org. Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144.